and every one of our lives. Let not one person walk out of here the same way that they came in. And Father, we're longing today to not just hear your word, but also see your word in demonstration. And so, Father, heal, deliver, set free, make whole today. Do supernatural things in our midst, Father. We prepare our hearts, Father, to receive your word. We prepare our eyes to see your word in demonstration, Father. And we'll give you all the glory for every good thing that will come out of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. Just shake someone's hand. Let them know God bless you. Let them know it's so good to see you. Then you can be seated. Praise God. How many of y'all believe we serve an awesome God? I want to ask that one more time. How many of y'all believe we serve an awesome God? Has that awesome God been good to anyone in this room? Praise God. Well, guess what? He even wants to be better to you. Do you all believe that? Now, on last Friday, we had Bill Winston. Uh, and I don't really know what to tell you, but if you missed that, you just missed it. Uh, and I want to encourage you that, you know, we don't get a gift like that to come to our building every weekend. And so when we do, I mean, you know, you should really drop everything that you're doing to come out and receive because it was just that dynamic. And I just want to say I'm honored that we're a little over two years old that he would even come to Linked Up Church. I mean, that's a blessing all by itself. And not only come, but then tell us we can get him every year. Just let him know. I mean, that's a blessing right there. But he also challenged me uh, in some areas that I want to deliver to you all today. And it was quite obvious to me that he had done his research and he came right in and he just began speaking into both my wife and I's life. And then after she left out, which is what took us so long to come out into the service, he said some things specifically to me. And I knew he had been listening to the Spirit of God. And, and what he was saying was uh, to build a wall around the people where they not only or just rely on themselves, but they rely on a God that's greater than themselves. And he was instructing me that your job is to build them in that area. He's talking to me about leadership being sensitive to the voice of God and the ability to return back to the supernatural. He starts speaking specifically that, yes, God wants you to do what you can do, but he also wants to do for you what you can't do for yourself. Then he told me about a book to read, which I will read that. We'll have plenty of time to read here in a moment. Talked about getting back to the supernatural. And then the title of the message today came out of this statement he said to me. He said, Joel, the gospel must be seen and heard. And so obviously that sent me down a path of discovery. Not of things that I had known before, but to put me in remembrance, but then also to drop it down into me deeper. And then several other things. And so today... I want to minister on the subject of the gospel is meant to be seen and heard. The gospel is meant to be seen and heard. How many of y'all believe the gospel is powerful? How many of y'all believe it can do everything it said it can do? There's no doubt about it. It is meant by the Lord to be both seen and heard. Listen to this. 
it is intended to be presented to this world both in the preached word and in visible manifestations and demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's power. One thing he was sharing with me was that we're living in an age now where people will no longer believe anything that you say. And then this shocked me when he said this, even in church. And if they don't have something that they can see that confirms what you say, they're not going to believe it. Especially in a time when Satan is trying to confuse the entire world. How many know it's important that we put God on display as well? Go with me to Matthew chapter 11, and we're just going to march through several verses today. But we're also going to give God an opportunity to be God in this service. Go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Every verse text that we'll look at over the next two weeks is just supporting text for that phrase, that gospel must be seen and heard. In Matthew chapter 11, let's begin reading at verse 2. I don't know about you all. I'm excited this morning. Listen, God's getting ready to do some things. I, I said that wrong. God has already done some things for you that are beyond your wildest imagination. And it's time for you to discover what's already been done for you. It's just discovery for you, but it's already been done by God. Matthew chapter 11, let's begin reading at verse 1. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Now, I just want to bring out something here to note. This is the same John the Baptist that said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So at one point, he knew who God was or who Jesus was, and he knew what he came to do. Now he's saying, go and ask him, is he the one or should we look for another? And I want you to notice Jesus' response here. Verse 4. Jesus answered and said to them, the two disciples that he sent, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. You should underline that you hear and see. Notice he didn't say, go tell John the things that you hear. He said, go tell John the things that you what? Hear and what? Watch this. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. So notice, he said, John, I have confirmed. Tell John, not only am I he, but I've confirmed that I'm he through what I've demonstrated in the lives of the people who've been touched. Can you all see that? Then I noticed something else in verse 6. Jesus said, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So clearly, John the Baptist is in prison offended. Now, why do I want to bring this out today? Do you know a lot of times when God doesn't do what we think he should do? I prayed. I did this. I did that. I sold. That's all John the Baptist is saying right now. 
I baptized all these people in your name. How did I end up in prison? Another way to say this, you'll be blessed if you don't allow yourself to become offended. Isn't that good? Never allow yourself to be offended by God or at God, but listen, also don't allow yourself to be offended by people. I don't think people are intentionally trying to hurt anyone. They just do what they do. You all believe that? All right, let's keep marching. What can we pull out of here? Jesus declared that people could conclude that he was the promised one to come by what they heard and saw. So is it safe to say then it was inconclusive if they only heard something and didn't see something? Can we say that safely? Including miraculous healings of the blind, the lame, the leprous, plus the dead being raised. Then he also said that the good news is preached to the poor. Now, I mean, the poor also means those that are destitute, but it also means those that are lacking something. I mean, if someone needs healing, they're poor physically in their body, right? If someone is struggling in relationships, I mean, they can be poor relationally. And the answer to that is to have the gospel preached to them, right? And so he said here, the good news is that the gospel is preached convincingly when people not just hear it, but they also see it. I came today to tell you that God just doesn't want you to hear the gospel today. For some of you all, you're going to see it manifest in your life. Oh, I wish there was a little bit more faith in this room today. And what you've got to get to a place is do what you can do and then trust God for what you can do. Notice that Jesus linked the preaching of the gospel with the visible demonstration of God's power. So really, any time the gospel is preached properly, I mean, it should have accompanying signs and wonders that follow it, confirming what was preached, or it's incomplete. Go with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, just two pages over. Matthew chapter 13, someone say something good is happening in me and for me right now. Do you believe that? Come on, put a little down payment on it there. Come on, come on, come on, lift up your hands, put a little down payment on that. Matthew chapter 13, verse 16. You all there? Jesus speaking about the parables of the sowers, and notice what he says here, or the purpose of the parables. Notice what he says here in verse 16. At the end of it, he says, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they what? So he told them they were blessed because they could also see what he was talking about, but they could also hear what he was talking about said, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Jesus states that the longing in the hearts of the prophets and righteous men of old was to hear and to see what his followers were able to see and hear during that time period on on the earth. So notice the Old Testament prophets didn't get a chance to see the, the gospel and demonstration the way the people did that were actually with Jesus. 
Now, where I want to go today is, how many know that power has not left the earth? It's here right now. And it can heal, deliver, set free, make whole. It can cancel debt. It can restore relationships. It can raise dead people. Do you all believe that? There's nothing in your life too difficult for God. Matter of fact, it is whatever it is in your life is the easiest thing that God can do for you. I mean, if he sent his son to die for you, there's nothing more difficult than that. So everything you're facing right now to God is a drop in the bucket. And I'm going to build your faith up. It's already changed. You're just getting ready to discover it. I'm going to let that marinate a little bit. See, you're not trying to get blessed. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. No, you're already blessed. And as we learned on that Friday night, that blessing knows what to do. Hallelujah. Can I get two good hallelujahs in this place today? I believe, folks, that that same longing is in people's hearts today. I think people want to come to church and hear a good word, but they also want to come to church and see a good word. To hear the gospel and to see his power, not just to hear about it, is important for us as believers. Watch this now. I love this statement here. If we don't hear it, I'm sorry, if we don't see it and we only hear it, I mean, we fall far short of what he actually wanted us to believe for. And we'll be limited to just what we simply can do ourselves. Go with me to 1 John chapter 1. Sugar diabetes is just a name. It's not more powerful than God's name. Right? 1 John chapter 1, let's, let's look at verses 1 uh, down to verse 3. Are you all there? Now, pay very close attention here. Again, I've been studying this for 27 years. I don't know how I never saw this. Again, probably wasn't looking for it, which is why I didn't see it. Watch this in verse 1. That which was from the beginning, who was from the beginning? Jesus, right? Which we have heard, you should underline that. Which we have seen, you should underline that with our eyes. Which we have looked upon, and I love this, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. I want you to see something here. They said they heard it, they saw it, and they handled it or touched it. You know what that means? They experienced it. I'm learning that until you have an experience for yourself, it'll never be as real to you as it is to the person who's had the experience. Let, let me try this side of the room. Because it's something about when you experience him for yourself, then no one can take that away from you. When you discover that God is real to you, I mean, it doesn't matter what anyone tries to say to you, what direction they try to take you in. No, they can't do it because you've heard it, you've seen it, and you've experienced it for yourself. Drop down to verse 3. 
That which we have seen, watch this, and heard, we declare to you. So notice, if you don't have this excitement about sharing the good news, in a lot of cases it's because we haven't experienced it for ourselves. So we don't have the confidence to deliver it to someone with encouragement, knowing that what he did for you, he can also do for them. So guess what, folks? We've got to get to a place where we want to see it as much as we hear it. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Notice verse 4, and these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Context is king. How do y'all know I, I can have joy and have sickness in my body? But, boy, it's something about when you experience healing that that joy becomes full. You all know what I mean? I mean, I can have joy with a few dollars in my pocket. Right? Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. But, boy, that joy becomes full when you're debt free. It's something about receiving a check. And it's not already spent before you see, receive it that is empowering. Am I the only one out here? That, it's something about with after tithes and offerings and savings, trying to figure out what to do with the rest feels good. As opposed to after tithes, offerings, and paying all the bills, Lord, how am I going to make it through this week? I mean, I can have joy while believing to make it through the week. But, boy, my joy is full when I've already made it through the week. Come on, somebody. Don't leave me out here by myself, right? And that's all he's talking about here. Until you hear it, until you see it, until you experience it. I mean, you can't have the fullness of joy that God wants you to experience. You have the gift and the fruit of it. But I mean, it can't become full until you experience God for yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we preach and teach most effectively as with, and with the greatest response are the things that God or that we have both heard and seen. Notice what John said there. I only proclaim or declare what I have heard and seen. When I looked at that last night, a lot of times we only preach what we've heard. So in other words, we heard somebody else preach it and then we preach it. I mean, it won't have the same conviction because they experienced it. We won't have that same conviction until we what? I believe God's getting ready to give somebody an experience. Oh, let me try this side of the room over here. I'm talking about an experience that will last a lifetime. You know, when I started studying this, I started asking myself, what's been keeping me for 27 years? And guess what I discovered? It's not church. I went back to experiences of when I was broke, college graduate, needing a job, how God supernaturally gave me a job without applying for one. I had put out over 300 resumes and been rejected over 200 times. But when he did what I couldn't do, he put me in places that I couldn't put myself. 
And he put me before people that I couldn't put myself in front of. And I started going through experience after experience after experience. And that's what I was connecting to why I'm still here 27 years later. One of the biggest experiences is sitting right over here in this lime jacket right there. (laughs) How many know when he put me in front of her, it was all over for her at that point. (laughs) She had seen everything she needed to see. She said, it wouldn't matter who else came and tried to talk to me. That is it. He is the one. No, I'm only kidding. That was my experience towards her right there. Uh, But I can go. Think about Linked Up Church. We didn't do this on our own. We could only do what we could do. And he came in and did what we couldn't do. I mean, this building is interesting. When we tried to get it, they rejected us. Then God supernaturally intervened, and they called us back. So who really did it? I'm just trying to build your faith a little bit today. I mean, I can go on and on and on. I never connected it to a church service unless I had an experience in that church service that I could connect back to. But it was never just the message by itself. People tend to be energized most by the things that they have experienced firsthand. That helps us understand Jesus' emphasis on people hearing and seeing the gospel. Again, I've studied the Bible now for 27 years. I believe in divine healing, folks, not because I read it on some pages. But God is, I haven't been in the hospital in 27 years. So how many know, not only have I heard it, but I've seen it in my own life. I haven't been sick. I think I had that one cold. I had two, I think two times. uh, And both times I ran my body down, right? I think the last time was in the previous situation I was pastoring Faith Christian Center. And thank God for Faith Christian Center. Man, thank God for that four years of my life, man. Come on, thank God for Bishop Keith A. Butler. Come on, thank God for, man, I wouldn't be here today without those experiences. It's amazing how you can come full circle when you mature. I know God can heal, and I know you can walk in divine health because I've lived it. She'll tell you, what did I have, 103 temperature or something like that, 102? I mean, I was sick. I should have gone to the hospital. I used my faith to believe God. Next day, I got some rest, went to the gym with that temperature, got in the sauna, steam room, worked out, got all the sweat out of my system, drank juice and fluids, came home, laid down, woke up, coughed, coughed up a big glob like this. I don't know what that was. It looked like a membrane. (laughs) Don't know what it was. Flushed the toilet and felt completely normal. Now, folks, I believe in prosperity because I've been tithing for 27 years. I I knew you all weren't going to shout real loud on that one right there. But there's nothing you can do to talk me out of that. 
I know it firsthand. I just got blessed yesterday. First thing I wanted to know, because I don't really tithe anymore. It's a higher percentage that I get. First thing I wanted to know was what was the percentage of that. And that's going in today. I've been doing that for 27 years, folks. When I had a job, when I didn't have a job, God is always supernaturally supplied. Think about this for a moment. I'm giving God all the glory. Think about having over an uh, over 800 credit score for 27 years. What are you going to tell me about tithing? That's not for today. What are you going to tell me about that? What are you going to tell me about honoring God with what he's honored me with? Amen. Folks, and I can go on and on. The things that I believe in the most are the ones that I've experienced. Are you all still with me out there? So what you learn about yourself, the things that you believe in the least are the things that you've never experienced. So now you've got to ask yourself, is that on God or is that on me? All right, let's keep traveling. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Having seen these truths in action in my life is what has me firmly planted in the kingdom of God. Notice what I didn't say in church. It has me firmly planted in the kingdom of God. And because I'm planted in the kingdom of God, church is a part of being in the kingdom of God. But how many know you can just religiously get in the habit of going to church and it not be a kingdom response out of relationship? All right? Now, watch this. John chapter 3. The book of John chapter 3, not 1 John. When you get there, say amen. John chapter 3. John the Baptist in this context is exalting Jesus Christ. And notice what he says in verse 31. He who comes from above is above, referring to Jesus. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth, referring to himself. He who comes from heaven is above all. And watch this. And what he has seen and heard that he testifies. So notice John the Baptist is saying that Jesus is only speaking about what he's seen and heard with the Father. Isn't that interesting? So that would help us understand why he came to the earth with so much conviction because he had already seen these things in heaven. Look at verse 33. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. So it's interesting that Jesus said again, or John said of Jesus, that his testimony concerning God the Father was of things that he himself had both seen and heard in heaven. Jesus had visually seen the things which he spoke about, which is probably why he always said, I only do the things that I see my Father do. Remember, in talking to those Pharisees, he told them, you do the things that your father does, referring to the enemy or Satan, right? He said, I do what I see my father do. That's an interesting context. So then when we think about mimicking and modeling, you know how Ephesians chapter 5 tells, tells us to be imitators of God. I mean, if we never see what he does, how can we imitate it? You all still with me out there? All right, watch this. So we cannot be content with just the preaching of the gospel 
without the accompanying demonstration of the Spirit's power. God gave me an illustration while studying this last night. He gave us two arms, right? How many of y'all believe we are most effective when we use both of them? Do you all believe that? How many of y'all believe that? So if all you do is hear the gospel, it's like trying to live life with one arm tied around your back. When you have the other arm, you not only are hearing it, but you're also seeing it. How many know you're going to be most effective when you're using both of your arms? So this is not just in the preaching, but how many know every time you read, study the Bible, you should ask God to show it to you in your life? I'm going to show you that at the end. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And let's begin reading at verse 1. It says, I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power, so that the, your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Is it safe to say then, and we're going to dissect this a little later in the message, is it safe to say then, if I was able to get you saved with what the Scripture calls here persuasive words of human wisdom, right? Then couldn't someone come along and get you unsaved who was able to speak more persuasively than I could? Watch this. And doesn't that happen all the time? You know, there are people who were here and are not here because somebody else got to them. But if you're really listening to what Paul said here, if you have a demonstration of what you heard, then, then no one can persuade you any differently. See? Any single people in here? Raise your hand if you're single. You know, the world will try to persuade you that having sex before marriage is good. One amen. Somebody like, where is he going with this, right? <laughs> Let me wait before I amen, see what direction he goes in with this. But I want you to really think about it. If it was really so good, why is it hurting so many people? And messing up so many people's lives. And really all we're talking about is who got to you first. And persuaded you along those lines. Right? So, at 22, I haven't been saved my whole life. I had been that route. And I realized it was unfulfilling. Extremely. Matter of fact, I got to a place where I actually thought it was nasty. True story. And I would look at it that way because I saw the damage that it, it did. And I got in this book, and I began to study and see something far greater 
And I said, I want to believe for that. And I want to go for that. Now, after 22 years of being with her, 27 years of living that way, 19 years of being married to her, let me tell you what's not just better. Far better is saving yourself till marriage. World's not going to tell you that. And listen, in, even in church, notice you didn't get a real uproar on that one, did you? <laughs> in church, you didn't get a glory to God. You didn't get a, yes, pastor. <laughs> listen to this. Even the married people didn't go, that's right. <laughs> so I'm trying to help you all understand how even in church, how far removed we are from reality. And our reality is not God's reality. I want to thank you all. The, the enthusiasm in this building right now. It's earth shaking. I mean, it is off the chart. And so you can see the life of a preacher is swimming upstream <laughs> his entire life. Listen, I, don't, I will never cheat on that woman. It's not even on the table. It's not even an option. Listen to me. If I couldn't sleep with her for the rest of my life, Another female is not the option. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because God's way is better. It's just better. I would just feel better if somebody just said, Glory! <laughs> Listen to this. If Jesus' ministry is to be a model for us, then we must remember that he consistently taught and preached the word, but he also consistently healed the sick, cast out devils, performed other miracles, signs, and wonders. He consistently did both of them. Linked Up Church needs to consistently do both of them. Now, just lift your hands to the Father for a moment, and I want you all just to begin praying in the Spirit. Father, you promised us that you would confirm your word with signs and wonders follow. And so, Father, we're going to put our faith in a demonstration of what was heard. We heard the word. Now, Father, we're going to believe to see it demonstrated in our lives. And so if you have a need for healing in your body, and I'm talking about healing, that you can now take.